Good morning. Today's daf from Babakama is Nun Hey. We're on the very bottom of Nun Dalam and Beis. Uh, the Gemara is going to open it up today with a question, a little bit of agarata to open up our uh, our daf. Um, not much agarata here in Babakama, a little bit, uh, but the um, but obviously Babakama is a very heavy masach in terms of halacha, uh, nezek uh, damages, uh, very meat and potatoes, but. Uh, a little bit of Gadata to open up today's Gemara, and we're going to be once again comparing Dibras Roshonas, Dibras Achronas. So, yesterday, uh, so we noted that uh, various halachas that apply to animals apply to all animals. I, the Torah says, Shurva Chamor. Yeah, the Gemara says, I know. The Mishnah already said this. The Mishnah yesterday's Daphne and Dalman Bays says that uh, very often the Torah says, Shur or Chamor, but Dibra Akasa Behova. The Torah is just giving contemporary examples, but uh, the the fact of the matter is is that often is the times that shor v'chamor just simply is uh, code for all animals. Okay, and how do I know that? So go back to yesterday's daf. The Gemara noted a number of makaros and number of joshas in terms of how we know that. But shor v'chamor really means all animals. And one of the sources that the Gemara quoted yesterday was the comparison between dibus rishonus dibus acharonus, uh, the shor uh, v'chamor and where, where they found in the dibus. So that's by Shabbos. So by Shabbos, not only do we have to rest, uh, but our vadim have to rest and Behemoth also. Shisa's behemoth. Animals have to rest as well. Which animals do I, do, do I only need to rest? The answer is all of them. Even though the Torah says Shor V'chamor. Good. So Shal Rebbe Chanin Ben Agels Rebbe Chayabar Abba Mimnei Ma Vedibros Arishos Lonem Rabbeim Tov Vedibros Achronos Nem Rabbeim Tov So once again, side by side comparison of Dibros Rishonos, Dibros Achronos. I know we all know this. I mentioned this yesterday. So Dibros Rishonos, that's in Parshish Yisro. The first time the Torah presents the Aseros of Dibros. So that's by the Chazara. So the Chazara shear of the Torah is Sefer Dvarim. And there, as Moshe is doing Chazara, so he goes over the Dibras again. And there are small discrepancies, some of them not so small. Uh, but there are discrepancies that exist between Dibras Rishonos and Dibras Achronos. And so how do you understand those discrepancies? So in of itself, that in of itself is a shear. But right now, we're just going to be pinpointing one particular discrepancy that exists uh, between the two. And that is, is that by the first Dibras, it doesn't say the word Tov. Where, where doesn't it say Tov? That's a funny question. Where doesn't it say Tov? It doesn't say Tov anywhere. But in other words, but in the Dibras Rishon, specifically by the Mitzvah of Kibbutz Aim, it doesn't say Tov. But meanwhile, when I go to the Dibras Achronos, and there you go over the fifth of the Dibras, the, the, the Mitzvah of Kibbutz Aim, so it says actually the word Tov. Laman Tavlach says the Dibras Achronos. And so now the question over here is really simple. Well, why? Why is there a discrepancy? And, and, and more to the point, why doesn't it say Tov by the Dibbas Rishonos? So, Now, Rabbi Chiyabar Abba's uh, response is quite striking, in which he says, well, before you ask me that question, why don't you even start off with a simpler question, which is, does it say Tov? I don't know if it says Tov. I don't know if it doesn't say Tov. Okay. Rabbi Kiva Eger over here uh, cites a Tosfos in Baba Basra. Tosfos in Baba Basra and Kufti Gimel. So, uh, so he writes, and it's, it's even awkward to even say it, but Tosfos writes it, and Rabbi Kiva Eger here quotes it, and that is it. The Amoraim, some of the Amoraim didn't know all the Pesukim in Tanakh. Okay. Now, I don't know all the Pesukim in Tanakh, and I shouldn't be so, uh, so, so bold about that statement, but in other words, but it's true. I don't know all the Pesukim in Tanakh, right? I don't know many Pesukim in Tanakh, but okay, I'm not an Amorah. In other words, to say something like that about an Amara, so, uh, so I would never say it, but Tosso says it, and Rabbi Kivager says, right, uh, say same note here. Okay. Uh, ah, okay, fine. So to, to that, Rav Chaim points out, and 
And, and right, in other words, so even though he didn't know, but in other words, he could have opened up Chumash, he could have looked inside the Chumash. So his comment is striking, the response is striking in. Over here in the Masifta, he cites a number of sources in terms of what he really meant. In other words, the, don't, don't understand the Gemara the way I just presented it, even though Rabbi Kivager says it's not, 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 not a bad way to learn it, but don't, don't understand the, way, the Gemara the way I presented it. Go, there's other ways to understand his response. Okay, but we're we're going to go on. So Klach hates the Rabbi Tanchun Bar Chanilashaya regulates the Rabbi Yeshua Ben Levi Shaya Baki Ba'agada. But I'm going to tell you where to go. Go eventually to Rabbi Yeshua Ben Levi, right? Or the mouthpiece of Rabbi Yeshua Ben Levi, Baki Ba'agada. He really understands the God. He'll help. He'll help you. Good. So he went to Rabbi Tanchun, who was a student of Rabbi Yeshua Ben Levi. Okay, so. I'm going to be honest, as Rabbi Tanchum. So I didn't hear anything about this by Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, but I heard. Okay, so he cites his sources in terms of where he heard this from. Well, you know the Dibras Rishonis are Sofan Lishtaber, so they're going to be they're going to be broken. And Akash Baruch obviously in his infinite knowledge and 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 uh, so he knew. In other words, he knew that it was going to be broken. So the chitzof and lish taber my havid. So the gemara says, okay, so what? So I'm ravashi chasrasham paskatov emiso. So what Kadosh Baruch did not want to do is write the word tov on the luchos harishanos and then have them broken and then paskatova. No longer are we going to have tov. So in order to avoid that problem, so in other words, tov is not to be written on the luchos harishanos. Therefore, they are. They are not, uh, so, so therefore you never enter into this dilemma of having the word tov, having it broken, and pascha tov Israel, good is going to end for the Jewish people. Okay. Gives you the impression from the Gemara's answer that the, uh, the, the, the Asar was presented in Parshish Yisrael, so that's the Luchas Rishonos. And then the, when, when, when the Chazarshir in Dvarim, so that's what's written on the Luchas Achronos. That's, that's what it sounds like from our Gemara. I'm not saying that's correct, but certainly from the Gemara's answer, that's what it sounds like. I'm Rabbi Yoshua So let's say you, you had a dream last night and you saw the letter Tess. Uh, fantastic. Simon Yafalo. It's a good Simon. So my time, So the Gemara says, why? In other words, what's so great about the letter Tess? So maybe what's so great about it is that it opens up the word Tov. So the Gemara says, okay, but Bimatate Gemara says there are other words in Tanakh, starting with the letter Tess, not good. For example, the Pasuk Yishayahu, Kash Baruch Hu is going to destroy us, starting with the letter Tess, it's going to sweep us away. So, Chates Kamrina, and so the Gemara says, yeah, but, no, we're looking, what the person saw in his dream is one Tess, one Tess is a Simentov. So the Gemara says, Ema Tumasa Bishuleha. So the Gemara says, okay, but Tumasa Bishuleha, so that starts with the letter Tess. And that's obviously no good. That's in the beginning of Sefer Eicha. So, Tess, Beis, Kamrina. No, what you saw in your dream is you saw the letter Tess followed by the letter Beis. So, Eima, Tavu, Barisha, Okay, go one parak later in Eicha. So, over there, you're going to find a word describing the destruction of the Jewish people with Tess and Beis. So, El, Aho, Pasuk, Ba'akasav, Latov, Etchila, Shem, Ibrashis, Ad, Vayalo, Kimasaor, Loksiv, Tess, so the Gemara says, okay, but I'll tell you why Tess is a good simon, because the first occurrence in the Torah, open up from the beginning of Chumash, start from Brashis, and find the first test in the Torah. First test in the Torah is, in fact, Tov. Okay, so in other words, so that's why it's a simon Tov. 
In other words, and, and so from here, right, a, an entire world of drasha opens up in that first occurrences, meaning that if you want the significance of first occurrences of letters and presumably words as well, so then you look for its first occurrence in the Torah, and from there, uh, right, Baruch Hashem, heard, heard numerous drashas in terms of, right, the, uh, it, it signifies what its, what, it, what its mahos is, what its essence is. Let's say you saw the word hespeid. The word Rashi says the actual word. In other words, you saw not a eulogy, but the word hespeid, which obviously means eulogy. So that's a, what, what does that mean? How do, you, how do you interpret that dream? So uh, what it means is, is that a Kaddish Baruch Hu had Rachmanus on you. You were redeemed, meaning there should have been a hespeid about you, but Kaddish Baruch Hu had Rachmanus. Uh, the Gemara says it's not enough to hear the word hesped, but in your dream, you actually have to see it in letter form. Okay. Huh? Letter form? Letter form as opposed to just hearing it. If you hear the word hesped, that's insufficient. In order to, in order to give that interpretation. Okay, and now finishing up over here. So, So, what do we learn in our Mishnah that when it comes to Chayavov, so the, uh, as far as the Isra of Harvaz Kalayim, in other words, crossing animals, so it's not just by Behema, but it's also by Chay, it's also by Ov. The Isra of crossing animals, both in terms of plowing and in terms of crossbreeding, so the Isra is not limited to just domesticated animals, but wild animals and birds as well. Amr Shlakish on that, Reish Shlakish makes the following comment, Kanchana Rebbe. From here, Rebbe is teaching us. And Tosas points out over here, when, when Kanchana Rebbe usually means you could be Medaik in the Mishnah. But Tosas says, but the truth of the matter is, you look in our Mishnah, there really are no diyukim to make in our Mishnah. Our Mishnah just simply says that it's an expansive Isser that applies to all different types of animals. The Gemara over here is going to give us such a particular detail. So Tosas says it's not Meduyak in the Mishnah, but in other words, the Mishnah is making reference to it. Either way. And that is, is that if I take a Tarnagal and a Tavas and a Pisioni, Kalayim Zebezeh, and you try to cross any one of these types of birds together, there will be Kalayim. It will be an Isser Kalayim. Okay, so Tarnagal is a chicken. Tavas, okay, could be a peacock, but it could be. And Pisione could be a pheasant. Okay, and it happens to be that the words are very similar to one another, but that in of itself is not enough evidence. Look, it's fair to say that at this point in time, we don't really know exactly what all these different types of animals are, but... Clearly, the Gemara over here is talking about different types of birds. And if I cross them together, so you're in violation of Arva. So the Gemara says, Pshita, So the Gemara says, yeah, but I might have thought the Havamina would be that you see these birds and they're always together. They, they're raised together. And so therefore they're raised together. So they, you might have mistaken and thought that they're Chadmin. It's all one species and therefore there's no Isser of Kalayim. They, they, they live together, they can tolerate each other. Good, good, could be, could be, could be. So, zabar kalim Okay, so if I took a if I took a goose and a wild goose, and 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 I mated them together, so that's an iser kalim. So, maskev l'rava baruchana my time ma'i leima mishum dahai kavai dahai zuta kavai. So the gemara says, why is it kalim? Uh, because their necks are different, and they have different necks or different species. Gemara says, yeah, but that's not enough. So the Gemara says, well, you have an Arab camel 
and you have a Persian camel. And you look at their necks, their necks are not exactly the same. And you want to... Huh? Okay, no, you could be right by the. It could be right by the birds. It could be the beak. No, you're right. You're right. You're correct. Right. No, no, no. What's it called? It's a good correction. Right by the birds, it's a beak. By the camels, it's a neck. Okay, good. So the uh, so so the camels are not the same. I'm sorry, the necks of the camels are not the same. And you want to tell me there's an Isra climb, meaning it's a camel, it's a camel. I one's a Persian camel, the other is an Arab camel. That's great. They're camels. There's no Isra of Kalayim. Even though they have slight differences in their body parts. So Al So the Gemara says, okay, there's a much more significant difference between these types of geese. The wild geese versus the domesticated geese. And that is, is that the genitalia. One is internal, the other is external. The Gemara also notes that there are other very basic differences between them. How many eggs do they drop at one time? One drops one egg at a time, the other drops multiple eggs at a time. So in other words, these are now not just subtle differences in, 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 their, in their body type, but these are real differences regarding the etzem hamin, and therefore it's klaim. So the issue of klaim, so it applies to land animals and sea animals as well. So my taima. Now, how do you know that? So he learns it out based on exerushava. You look in the psukim and brachis. And that is, And then, So you have uh, the word min by both in Sefer Bracious, Gzereshava, connecting the two. The Isser of Kalayim applies by crossbreeding even sea animals. So let's say what you do is, is that you pull a cart Using not just uh, not not just two different types of animal, but in other words, what is providing the power for the card? So one is going to be a goat, and the other is going to be some sort of fish. And 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 what's it called? If you want, yeah, you got to be creative over here in terms of just having a visualization over here. And that is we're harnessing. Right, you go to the, you go to these sea shows here in Florida. You see them all the time, right? People riding on the backs of. Of, of dolphins. Anyway, so you so you so you, you put one harness to the to this to, to the sea animal, the shibuta, and you put another harness to the uh, to a goat, and they're now pulling uh, right in the right in the in the waters right by the uh, right, right here on the beach, and now it's pu- it's pulling a cart. Okay, you have to be creative in terms of how you do it. Oh, whatever, whatever, whatever's being pulled. So the so the point is is that it's an isra of kalayim. So the even though it's a land animal, sea animal. So the uh, so, so Vishibu, oh, sorry sorry so Mahu I'm sorry the Gemara is saying I, I'm saying it definitively the Gemara is asking by Rachva he's asking Hamani bizi Vishibuta Mahu so me Armin and Kevin the Yisrael lo Nachis biyam Vishibuta lo Sagli Abasha so lo Klamavit maybe over here it's not going to be an Isra of Kalayim because they are so different from one another meaning that literally now it's a land animal sea animal and so maybe the only time there's an Isra Kalayim is if I'm taking two different land animals. And having them pull on a pull on a cart, or or, or 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 you know, having them both 
pull on something. Doesn't matter what they pull. So the Odilma Hashtamiya Kamanig. On the other hand, over here, look, there's they are, they are radically different. One's a land animal, the other's a sea animal. I know they're radically different, but when all said and done, I'm having two different animals pull, and therefore it would be an Isra of Kalayim. So Matkala Ravina Lamiata, Khibrachita Sorbiata Vizarchita Barts, Usar Rabbichosaritz, Achanami de Mechaev. So the Gemara says, Okay, well, Chito Sa'ara. So we have a we have a Isar of Kalai Zraim, taking two different seeds and planting them. The Isar of Kalai Zraim only applies in Eretz Yisrael, not Chutzarts. So now let's take I, I take a wheat seed and I take a I take a barley seed and I plant them side by side. One in Eretz Yisrael and the other one right next to it, but outside. In other words, I'm on the border. And now what do you want to tell me? You want to tell me that there's an Isar of Kalayim? So I'm Yachiashta Hasam Eretz Makum Chiyuva Chutzarts or Makum Chiyuva. So the Gemara says, that's a terrible comparison. In other words, over there, so one seed I'm planting in Eretz Yisrael where there's an Isser of Kalai Zeroim. And, and, and the other one I'm planting outside of Eretz Yisrael. So, so, and it's not a Makam Chiyuv. But, 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 sorry, but over here, but over here, the Chiyuv is not in the land. The Chiyuv is having two different animals pulling on a, uh, on, on a cart, on a plow, whatever they're pulling. So over here, and the, the Isser is pulling. And so over here, I have two different animals pulling. So it's not a fair comparison. And it could very well be that over here, it's an Isser climb. The Gemara is not poshate this question. Brings us to the end of the fifth parak of the Masechta. And here we begin. We're now up to the sixth parak of the Masechta. And we are now reaching a conclusion. In other words, here, the first six prakim of Nezikin, or Babakama, if you will, <coughs> Uh, so all has to do with actual nezik, damage that, that occurs mostly having to do with property damage. Property damage meaning my property goes out and damages, right? So my animals damage, my fire damages, my pit damages. So in all those circumstances, what will be the liability if any of my property goes out and damages? A little bit we talked about a person damaging, but really when earlier we talked about a person damaging, we're talking about a person damaging other people's property, Right? And, and what do we say? Adam Mu'ad La'olam. When we enter the eighth parak of the Masechta, that's already forecasting a little bit. Eighth parak is not for some time from now. So there we're going to be talking about bodily assault. That is to say, when one person hits another person. And there, the eighth parak is really going to open up the, 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 the Gemara's discussion regarding bodily assault. And, and the Nezek. And, and, and the Daladvarim in addition to the Nezek. Okay. And the seventh parak of Baba Kama. So that's going to be Geneva, Gzela. Okay. So over here now in the sixth parak, so we're really wrapping it up. In other words, so here we are still now in the world of Niske Mamon, and let's begin. So now we're moving to sheep. Okay. And the Gemara is going to make this observation. I'm just right now foreshadowing an upcoming Gemara. We're going to see nah. in today's Shear. And that is, is that up until this point in the Masechta, we've been focusing on shore, shore, shore. Uh, now, by sure, it can, be, it, can, it can be broken down into three subcategories. In other words, there's Karen, there's Shane, there's Regal, right? When the shore damages with intention, that's Karen. Uh, when it steps on something, that is Regal. When it eats something, that's Shane. And we went, went ahead and we went over the discrepancies between Karen versus Shane and Regal. Good. But now, all of a sudden, our parak now is taking us into property damage. But what kind of property? Not sure, but we're talking about Sone. Is there a reason why we have shifted over to now discussing sheep? Well, I'll, I'll tease it enough. We'll, we'll get to it in just a short amount of time from now. 
I read the Mishnah, but now let me explain the first piska of the Mishnah, and that is is that you what you did is you penned up your sheep. You did what you're supposed to. Okay, an acceptable amount of protection around the sheep. You did your due diligence. You did your shmira, and then viyatsa, and somehow it got out. Vihizika, and it does damage. Potter. So the owner of the sheep is going to be Potter. <coughs> The uh, the explanation is very simple. You did shmira. I so what happened? Okay, uh, life happens. But in other words, but here by life I mean onis circumstances that were beyond your control. You did what you were supposed to do. I somehow got out. Right. In, in a moment we'll go over examples of what happened. But in other words, but it's onis, and so therefore your potter. Huh? In ordinary circumstances, it shouldn't have gone out. Correct. Lo uh, but if I didn't pen it up correctly, and 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 now I am negligent, that's pshia. So now, obviously, if it goes on damages, I'm going to be liable. Okay, the second point of the Mishnah seems to be so obvious and deducted from the first point of the Mishnah. What exactly is, why is the Mishnah over here being so clear? Okay, um, sorry, I raised the question, don't have an answer. Anyway, we go on. Uh, so over here, you did sufficient amount of penning, you, you put a proper gate around the sheep, and Nifritz Abelayla. Uh, what happened was that at night, so it, it came down, and it's nighttime, and you can't see, you didn't know. Or let's say, robbers broke into the pen and broke the walls of the pen. Now Yatzavizik, and now goes down and does damages, you're going to be putter. In other words, again, you did, you did your responsibility, okay, now it's Onis. Hotziah Listim, Listim Chayavim. Now, if the listim themselves take the sheep out, so now what do they do? So they stole, but they also now become liable. Now, as, as, as owners, I say owners, by the way, we're talking about thieves. But in other words, but if you, you're going to hear enough of this in the seventh parak, so get ready. And that is, is that a thief makes a kinyan on it. So in other words, obviously he has an op, a, a, a bona fide, absolute obligation to return the item to its owner, but in the interim, as a thief, he now becomes fully liable. So once the thief takes the sheep, so at that point in time, now he's high in all of its damage that it does. If it just breaks the fence, so and the sheep goes out, the thief is not going to be liable. Correct. Now, you left the sheep out in the sun, right? Providing no shade for, or protection from the sun. Effectively, now that is negligence on your part. You're going to make the sheep crazy, and they're going to go and they're going to make they're going to make a break uh, out. But that's that's you. That was your negligence. Alternatively, you handed over the sheep to be washed by on someone who does not have the mental capabilities to do so. Once again, that's a that's a yupshia issue, and therefore yatsavizika if it goes and damages your chayiv. Now you go ahead and you deputize. And you now uh, appoint a shomer to wa- uh, to watch the sheep. So now, once he accepts that shmira, obviously all liability will rest on the shomer. I have a point that's at this point in the masech, they're pretty obvious, but Mishnah makes it. Now, let's say the following happens. So um, the owner of the sheep experience. I'm sorry. Let's start with the sheep. The sheep experienced a fall. The um, and, and it falls into somebody else's garden. And what happened? 
the garden was lush. It had a, a lot of nice, soft vegetation growing on the garden. And now, what did it? What, what did it do? It absorbed the impact of the sheep. The sheep did not eat the garden, but in other words, but did damage simply by absorbing the uh, absorbing the impact. So now, the owner of the sheep has got gratitude, but not just gratitude, by the way. Mm-hmm. But in other words, but actually has tangible benefit from your garden. But this is not shame. In other words, your sheep didn't eat the garden, just simply benefited from softening the impact. So now, so over here, we're going to have to put a price tag on that benefit. It is not going to be equivalent to actually eating it. But nevertheless, there is a price tag to put on that. Whatever it is, that's what the owner of the sheep has to pay. Now, if the sheep did not fall into somebody else's garden, but walked into somebody else's garden and now is trampling or eating. So now full damages. Now this is falling under the category of shame or rego. And now you have to pay and you have to pay Nezek Shalem. Now, so your sheep goes into somebody else's garden and does full damage with either shame or rego. So now you have to pay full damages. What does that look like? In other words, now let's talk appraisal. So how do we appraise vegetation that is not yet picked off the ground. It's still part and parcel of the ground. So this is a point that we also made early in the Masechta, but here the Mishnah reiterates. And that is The appraisal is not going to be on the vegetation itself, but the appraisal will be on the land. How much can the land be sold with vegetation currently on it versus how much the land can be sold without the vegetation on it? That difference is going to be the uh, the appraised value of damage, as opposed to looking at the actual vegetation itself and appraising the vegetation that was eaten, because the vegetation was not yet picked off the ground, so therefore the vegetation will not be appraised as an asset in of itself, but rather just simply as part and parcel of the land. Presumably, which the, part are we talking about? Manshenazika or the Manshenahemus? No, no, no. And safer. It's a good question. The Mishnah over here is touching up the Seifa. In other words, you were Mazik. The, 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 the sheep was Mazik. Either Shane Verego. Okay, sheep went in. And Shane Verego. So now it's Nezik Shalem. But how do you assess Nezik Shalem? So only as part and parcel of the ground. Not independently. And along comes Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon Omer. Achla peres gemurim. Meshalem is peres gemurim. Vim sa sa vim sa saim sa saim. And Rabbi Shimon's Mechadish, and the Gemara is going to make this point, and that is, is that even if the pears were not removed from the ground, but fully ripe, so it's omade, it stands to be cut. Rabbi Shimon says, if it's omade, if it stands to be cut, we look at it as if it's already been detached from the ground, and therefore I'm going to be assessing it as fruit, and not just simply part and parcel of the ground. Okay, but that's the major principle that draws by it. right, and and, and, and Rabbi Shimon throughout Shas, right? Ben Ben made the observation. I, I, right, I totally endorse it. And that throughout Shas, Rabbi Shimon is kol ha'omed. Anything that is about to be, Halacha views it as if it's already happened. Tan Rabbanan Ezu Karai, Ve'ezu Shalok Karai, Delashi Yecholamod, Beruch Metsuya Zeu Karai, and Enu Yecholamod, Beruch Metsuya Zeu Shalok Karai. Okay, so, we said that if you got sheep, so you got to pen them up, and you got to pen them up appropriately. What does that mean, appropriately? So the Gemara says, simple, simple pshat, and that is, is that as long as it could stand a regular wind, you did a good job. That, in other words, you have now gotten a check for successful shmirah. Anything after that, not your fault. You're not liable. 
Amar Rabbi Mani Bar Patishman Tanamuad Sagile Bishmir Pchusa Rabbi Hudihi. So over here now, Shmir Pchusa, meaning this goes back to a discussion we had ten days ago, right? We're on Nun Hay, so we go back to Mem Hay and Babakama. So back on Mem Hay, we talked about how much Shmir is necessary for your shore. So you remember how many how many sheetas were on, were, were there on this topic? Three sheetas on this topic: Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi Eliezer. Okay, and, and we're going to chazer all of them right now. So let's do let's do that. Let's chazer all three of them right now. We're not we'll just we'll just I'll just read the Gemara. I'll just go weiter in the Gemara, and then what we're going to do is that we're going to try to assign authorship of our Mishnah. Who is our Mishnah going like? So um, Rabbi Yehuda he did not. So this is the Mishnah back on Memhe. So, according to Shitas Rabbi Meir, so whenever you need to do a shmirah on your animal, it always has to be shmirah meula. It has to be superior shmirah. Ah, your 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 the, the fence that you made for your animals could withstand a regular wind, but it was not hurricane windows. In other words, or in this case, hurricane fence. So, according to Rabbi Meir, that's insufficient. In other words, you always need Shmir Ma'ula. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda is a shita, which at the time when I, when, on Memhe, I said it, I'll say it again 10 days later. And that is very hard to explain Misvara. But that is, is that when it comes to a ta- an animal, which is a Tom, so there you need hurricane fencing. But when it comes to your Mu'ad, eh, regular fencing will, regular fencing will do. Yeah. So, good. And he darshins it from the psukim. But in other words, but he doesn't provide a svara, and it's very hard to give a svara. So I remember back on Memhe, so we offered a svara, the Me'iri. The Me'iri offered a svara. The Me'iri said that once the animal is a muad, so a little bit now it becomes, obviously it's your animal, it's your problem, but a little bit now buyer beware. Or in this case, there's no buyer. But in other words, everyone beware. This, this animal has got a reputation, a a, a, a deserved reputation of having damage in the past. And so now, in other words, you don't need to put on all the strong fencing because people need to keep their distance. Okay. Still, still, I said it. It's a difficult svar. Anyway, that sheet is Rabbi Yehuda. And Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Shmir And Rabbi Eliezer says, you have a shor muad. So do you know how you do shmir on a shor muad? It's very simple. You take out your knife and you shecht it. And that's how you, and that's how you do shmira. Meaning at this point in time, it damaged three times already. Two, it lowered its head and gored three times. At that point in time, there is no, there is no shmira. In other words, yeah, you, you, sh- you shecht it and that's it. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy a wonderful barbecue. But in other words, that, that's it. That, that's it. Now. Okay, now. You take a look at our Mishnah. What did our Mishnah say? What's it called? All you need to do is put a little fence around and you're good. You're, you're good. So now, if I'm now trying to identify authorship of our Mishnah, who's our Mishnah going like? And the answer is clear. In other words, all these three shitas, all you need to do is just put a little fence around. So our Mishnah really seems to be only one candidate who could be the author of our Mishnah, and that's going to be Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Meir requires heavy-duty fencing. Uh, Rabbi Eliezer says, Shech the animal. And the uh, and and uh, and so is the only one who gives you like a little pass on, on Shmir is Rabbi Yehuda, it's Rabbi Yehuda, Right? So I feel the tamer Rebbe Mayer. So the Gemara says, no, no. Our mission could be going like Rebbe Mayer. How so? Shani ah. Because over here, so, and you probably picked up on this already, but the Gemara now is going to pick up on 
you know there really is a fundamental difference between what we did back on Memhe and what we're doing now. You see, what we did back on Memhe is that we're talking about Shore and we were talking about Karen, right? Which means that what did the animal do? It lowered its head with the intent to injure and damage either another animal or another person. Karen. Oh. So over there, so we had a discussion of how much Shmir is necessary. When it was a Tom, when it was a Muad. But what are we talking about over here? We're talking about sheep. And, 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 and we're talking about the sheep lowering, lowering its head and goring? No. We're talking about the sheep going into other people's property and eating or stepping on something. Shane Virago. And when it comes to Shane Virago, so there, now, different discussion. Shane Virago, what kind of shmira do you need to do? Nominal shmira, Just the basic. And how do I know that? I'm Rebbe Lazvarmila so when it comes to basically all other Nezek, so all you need to do is basic Shmira. How do I know that? So Bor, the Gemara site is for all these. So when it comes to Bor, so what did you do? You made a hole in the Rishos HaRabim. So had the Torah not told us what to do, here's what I would have thought. You made a hole in the Rishat Sarabim. You know what you should do? Cover it. <laughs> no, no, not cover it. <laughs> fill it up. <laughs> fill it Fill it back in again. What does the Torah say? Ah, eh, just cover it. Ah, you hear that? In other words, so by bore, all you need to do is basic. Basic. Velo yichasenu. Haki sahu pater. But that means to say that all of you do, cover up, you're going to be pater. Is there anything in between, whether to restore its original state or to cover it? Right. Had the Torah not told us what to do, so what what I would have suggested or the Gemara's Havamina. It's stronger than just cover. It doesn't have to be restoring it the way it was before. Okay, I'm just saying. I'm just telling you, Pshat in the Gemara. Uh, anyway, yeah. Okay. Good. Eish medichsev shalemi shalem amavir zabeira adavi adavid kein mavir. Now, when it comes to fire, so again, basic shmira. Now, again, by fire and basic shmira, I don't really know what that is. In other words, just I'm not sure. Doesn't matter. The point is, is that when it comes to Eish, also basic, basic shmira. Why? Because the Torah says. Shalem Yishalem HaMavir Esa Be'era. Mavir, what does that mean? You're an arsonist. What is that? that means to say that you did absolutely nothing to impede the fire going from point A to point B. Oh. But if you did something, that's enough. That's enough. So, Eshen, Midichtiv Ubir Besteacher, Ad Avid Ke'en Ubir. Also by Shane. How does the Torah describe it? Your animal, your, your animal consumed somebody else's property. Right, I know I'm putting emphasis, but that's effectively how the Torah, the Gemara is understanding. In other words, as long as you put some sort of impediment stopping your animal from going into somebody else's field, sufficient. Regel v'shilach Now, regel, right? Regel is always interesting because in the Torah itself, the Torah never actually spells out regel. Regel, we're we're darshing from the word v'shilach. How do we get from v'shilach to regel? Next piece of Gemara. V'tanya v'shilach regel. So over here, we had to go deep into Tanakh, Yishayahu, in order to see that, that Shilach is connected to Regal. So, uh, And even Shane, by the way, the Torah doesn't say the word Shane, the Torah uses the word Ubir. And again, with association to Apostle and Malachim, we're supposed to understand that Beer also means Shane. Good, that's called Torah Shabbat. Anyway, so, when it comes to Bor, Eish, Shane Veregel, how much Shmir do you need to do? Basic, basic Shmira. So, I'm sorry, let me just read a little bit more. Taima, 
And Gemara is just simply summarizing. In other words, when it comes to shame, when it comes to regal, so that means to say, when am I chayev? When mamish. It like, it just, I'm, I'm sending it out there. But as long as I do anything to impede progress, good. I get a, I, I, I get a check. And, and mean to, meaning to say I'm not liable anymore. So now, let's say it. Bor, a shame veragal. So what's the, what's the halach in terms of shmira? Basic shmira is all you need. I, what about the machlokis on mem hey, 10 days ago in the daf? So there, that was talking about Karen. So by Karen, Karen's a different, different category of Nezek. And over there, so, uh, the are, there are shitas that say by Karen, I need more Shmira. According to Rameer, I need more Shmira all the time. According to Rabbi Yehuda, I need more Shmira by Tom. According to Rabbi Eliezer, there's no amount of Shmira that's going to be good enough. Shech the animal. Okay. So, but that's all by Karen. Over here, we're talking about Son, Son, Nishain, Virago. So the Gemara says, Amar Rabbah, Masisanami Deka, Diktanit Son. And Rabbah says, and look, let's go to our Mishnah. Everything we just said, you're reading it into the Mishnah. And now, I, 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 I foreshadowed when we read the Mishnah, and now the Gemara makes the point. And that is, did you see what happened in our Mishnah? Our Mishnah shifted, a major shift in the Masechta. Up until now, five Prakim of Babakama. Sure, sure, sure. Granted, within sure, we talked about Karen and Shane Varego, but all we've been doing as, as, as a, as, as the prototypical example is sure. And now here in the sixth paragraph of the Masechta, what do we do? All of a sudden, we're shifting to Tzon. Rabba makes exactly this insight. So if you're following in the Mishnayos, so what you would have expected here is, is, is sure. So the fact that now we shifted over to Tzon, and what do you have by Tzon? By Tzon you have Shane, you have Rego. So the uh, so 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 it's meduyik in our Mishnah that uh, that really we're talking about Shane Virago. I and what about the level of shmirah necessary for Shane Virago? Miatan b'shmirah son. Basic basic shmirah is all you need. Good, good. Okay. Um, right, but what the Gemara wanted to entertain is that our Mishnah is not just going like Rabbi Yehuda. In other words, our Mishnah could be going like Rabbi Meir. Okay, good. Adkan. We'll, we'll stop over here. Oh, so it's so good to be on on target, on pace. Okay, a, a quick a quick chazara of today's daf. We finished today the fifth parak of the Mestachta, in which a little bit of agadata, just a a small respite of, of, from from the halacha, in which we went over once again discrepancies between Dibras Rishonos Dibras Achronos. Really, just one small discrepancy uh, by the mitzvah of Kibbutz Ava Aim. Does not say Tov in the Dibbas Rishonos, says Tov in the Dibbas Achronos. Why is that? Why, why, why such a discrepancy? Uh, the Gemara made a really striking comment in today's daf regarding one of the Amoraim who says, I don't even know the Pasuk. Okay? Uh, I quoted Tosis and Baba Basra. Anyway, the, uh, fine. But the, and, and the Gemara gives an answer. Um, the Gemara goes a little more agadita. What if you see the letter Tess in a dream? What if you see the word Hespate in a dream? What does that indicate? What does that signify? Good. Then, to finish off the fifth paragraph of the Masechta, we talked a little bit about crossing animals, crossing different animals. Gamaru is very specific about different types of birds, which would be a violation of Harva'a, uh, of, 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 of Kalayim. Uh, the Gamaru talked about what if we were to plow using both, both horsepower or, in the Gamaru's example, goat power and, and, aquatic, and aquatic animal. 
Is that going to be an Esr of Kalayim? Okay. And that ended the fifth parak of the Masechta. And then we opened up today with the sixth parak. And in the sixth parak, so what did we talk about? We talked about sheep and, and, and penning up the sheep. And what do I need? Basic shear is all you need. I, who is the author of our Mishnah? So the Gemara at first said it's Rabbi Yehuda, because that's the only shita that says that you need Shmir Pachusa, at least by a Muad. And the Gemara says, no, no. Our Mishnah could be going like all the Tanaim. It could be going like Rabbi Meir. Presumably even Rabbi Eliezer. I'm not sure about that point. Gemara didn't say that. The Gemara just simply said Rabbi Meir. I, how can our Mishnah be going like Rabbi Meir? Very simple. Because our Mishnah is talking about Shane Varegel. Since it's talking about Shane Varegel, Karen, I need Shmir Ma'ula. I need the uh, I need the upgraded shmirah, but when it comes to uh, when it comes to uh, shein and regal, basic shmirah is sufficient. And how do I know that? Because when it comes to shein, regal, and ash and bor, basic shmirah is all you need.